0: Yeah, I'll never forget that. It was recent, too, or w- at least within the last couple of years. And someone asked, um, Greg was doing a Q&A at a level one. And one of the participants asked, what's the most important thing you know, that you can, I don't know if they said learn or do or know as a trainer. And he just said, care, care, and care. Everything else you can learn. And it's really true.
1: This is episode number 58, Nicole Carroll. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I sit down with one of my favorite female role models, Nicole Carroll. You may know her from her most recent role providing tips for the workouts each week of the CrossFit Games Open, or as CrossFit's Director of Training and Certification. She also happens to be one of the early members of Greg Glassman's original CrossFit gym in Santa Cruz, California. There, she helped to pave the way for generations of CrossFit females to come by performing muscle ups in a video of a workout called Nasty Girls alongside other women, Annie Sakamoto and Eva T. She's also one of the few women to have a workout named after her, that couplet of running and pull-ups that you've probably done before. Since those early days, Nicole has been a leader in the development of the CrossFit training and certification department and the preservation of CrossFit's core mission and culture, even as this movement has grown tremendously over the past several years. We sat down recently at the CrossFit HQ media office in Northern California to discuss everything from her background in the arts and yoga to the early days of CrossFit in the Level 1 seminar and how the organization and her role have evolved, to the story of how the workout Nicole came to be. Please remember that although I'm now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 58 of Pursuing Health featuring Nicole Carroll. (music) Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm so excited to be here with Nicole Carroll. And this has been two years in the making yeah. that I've been trying to get you on the podcast. So yep. I'm so excited. I'm We're excited finally too, doing it.
2: We
1: finally did it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to start at the beginning because I think people now probably have seen you most recently from the open announcements yeah. and your amazing <laughs> tips. Um, and I want to talk about that later. But you've been around in CrossFit since the very beginning. So let's talk, actually, let's go way back. Let's talk about Whoa. what what you did. <laughs> like, what were you like as a kid? What kind of things are oh you into? God. Like, who, who were you before CrossFit? Oh, um. all right, let's see. Uh, I can't go all the way back to being a kid. <laughs> well, That's not you don't have to hard. go back really young, but maybe let's what see. kind of sports
0: did you do? Mm-hmm. Things like that. I did sports in high school. Okay. I did like basically all the sports that were not, like appropriate for my body type like volleyball (laughs) basketball um, cross country (laughs) yeah I ran some track but like I did everything I played some field hockey so I played a lot of different I really liked sports Mm -hmm. um growing up my dad was a bodybuilder okay not a lot of people know that so I grew up I grew up around gyms Mm -hmm. a lot um but more like pumping iron style gyms than globo gyms and uh used to hang out with my dad at the gym and uh-huh. back squat and stuff like that. So I Oh, that's crazy. I and had I heard a, you have
1: quite an impressive back squat even at a young age.
0: Yeah, I think I did. My dad <laughs> thought I did. He used to like <laughs> call all his buddies over and be like, "Look how much he can squat." <laughs> that's so, amazing. Yeah, what was had, your what is your best back squat ever? I think my best back squat now is 278. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, but, and it's uh, like it's a kind of a good day kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's not but that's really impressive. Yeah, you are not a very large woman, so <laughs> that is very impressive. <laughs> I like squatting. <laughs> um so I grew up that way, but then oddly enough when I got out of high school and I really didn't I, it wasn't it was almost like sports and fitness and all that stuff was more something like I knew I needed to do to stay healthy, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't necessarily something that I thought I would ever pursue as a vocation. Okay. And I really didn't know when I got out of high school, what I wanted to do. Um, but I went to college and I really did a ton of arts mm-hmm. stuff. I just got really into um, theater. Ceramics is the one that really stuck. Um, just drawing, painting, wow. uh, any kind of arts mm-hmm. basically is what really what I was interested in art history. And um and then when I got out of school, that was my, kind of my pursuit was, but it varied all over the place. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of traveling in school and after school and then I just really, um, I just lived in a whole bunch of different places and tried to do as much art as I could and mm-hmm. worked a bunch of different odd jobs to support myself. Strange, what got me to California and then eventually CrossFit Santa Cruz was mm-hmm. actually yoga wow um, yeah
1: I had I did not know that that's mm-hmm. interesting I was living
0: in Philadelphia and I lived in one of those old historic homes mm-hmm. with uh one of my best friends from like elementary school she wow. had moved there so I was like hey this sounds cool let's cool let's city go yeah, to Philadelphia. yeah. <laughs> and uh I lived with her and a bunch of other women in mm-hmm. you know just in one of the big big old homes in mm-hmm. west Philadelphia and everybody was really into yoga and so i was like okay i'll you know check it out sure. and i started to get into it and i and i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and then philadelphia i had like three jobs and i would do um different art shows and things mm-hmm. and just continually felt like i was getting beat down by the city and okay. um really just like okay i need some space to kind of figure things out mm-hmm. and i had heard about this um Yoga center in the Santa Cruz Mountains called Mount Madonna Center. Okay, and I was like, I'm going there. They had a work exchange program. It was really inexpensive to get in, mm-hmm. but I still had to work really hard to kind of scrape together the money for mm-hmm. it. Um, but I super, I was super determined. Like, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think I grew up in New York, so like, oh, okay. and I had never been out to California, mm-hmm. so. Going this sounds weird now. i <laughs> in California all the time. But like going to California was like a big deal. This thing. Yeah. You know, like palm trees and sunshine right. and okay, I'm gonna go there.
1: Fresh air, yeah. And
0: um, so I just took a cross country trip, uh, driving my beat up old little Mazda, whatever, mm-hmm. and um stopped to see some friends and some other things, uh, some other people that mm-hmm. I knew from school and stuff, mm-hmm. and then Got to, finally ended up, applied for the whatever, got to Mount Madonna Center, and then um, did a work exchange program there. And I think I stayed there for three or four years. Wow. Yep, and I ended up teaching yoga, uh, running their bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed it. Towards probably the last year I was there, um, someone, someone had told me about crossfit Mm -hmm. and and this is what time
1: around what year
0: probably around 2003 okay or maybe early 2003 and because i i would still run and work Mm -hmm. out and do that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. sort of on the side and so whoever noticed you know in a yoga community that was a little bit rare right so whoever kind of noticed and then um said, Hey, you should check out this CrossFit thing. And, um, I actually checked it out and started doing the workouts at a Gold's gym in town Mm -hmm. because I kind of knew enough from being exposed to it as a kid Mm -hmm. where I could just do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then finally at whatever. So I just was kind of doing that Mm -hmm. and I liked the workouts, but I don't think even at that point, like it hadn't necessarily hit me mm-hmm. what it really was as, yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, this, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of kicking my ass. I feel like I have a disease every time <laughs> I work out, like something's really wrong with me. And but you like, love mm, it. Maybe I'm just really <laughs> out of shape. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I ended up being like, okay, it's time to enter the real world. Okay. And decided to move down into Santa Cruz and just, what I wanted to do was go to graduate school for ceramics. Okay. And so I was, I had some stuff to finish up for my portfolio so that I could apply to, Mm -hmm. um, graduate programs. And so I was going to go to a local college Mm -hmm. and work and just really start working towards that. Okay. Um, and then in the meantime though, it was like, well, why keep going to gold's gym when CrossFit there's the actual CrossFit gym is right here. And it was really close to my apartment and, I started going in and taking classes, and I took my first class with Greg. Wow. And just, it was, it was what was really cool is it was the first time that I had worked out with other women. Okay. Because up until this point, I was at a global gym guys, where nobody yeah. was doing it. So it was like, there was no expectation or standard set around mm-hmm. me. But then when I went into the CrossFit gym, it was like I was in this class with women who... I mean, because I was uh, younger then Mm -hmm. and fancied myself to be in decent shape. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a class and I was like used to in any fitness class I went into just being able to hang, you know, like, okay, like I can, this isn't, and I just got my butt kicked (laughs) right by like everyone in the class and women doing pull-ups. And that was huge because I, at that time I didn't have pull-ups Okay, and I was like, okay, I need to be able to do those. Like if yeah. all of these people can do pull-ups and I can, I need to be able to do that. And wow. just kind of got hooked in a really kind of typical way.
1: That's so cool. Way. Was it a big class? Like how many people were, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, probably,
0: probably like 10 people. Okay. Yeah. And it was a really simple class too. I remember mm-hmm. it was just kind of like running, push-ups, pull-ups, and maybe something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it was just Greg being Greg and... and uh, <laughs> And I was like, okay, this is cool. And so I just kept going and taking classes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, really, I took my level one in November of 2004. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
1: When did the level one even start? That must have been one of the very early ones. I think the
0: very first level one was in 2002. Okay. And um, it was for two, I don't know if you've ever heard Greg tell the story, but it was for two guys from the Department of Defense. Oh, wow. And they, they called him up apparently, as the story goes, and said, we want to take your certification. And Greg Greg said, we don't have a certification. And they said, no, you don't understand. We're coming out and we want to get certified. You better have one. And he was like, okay, got it. And so uh, I think that's how the level one was born. And then at, at the time, Greg, you know, put put it together and Mm -hmm. and there's still some videos out there of him lecturing and you'll see there's like two guys (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing that was the first one and then it kind of just grew grew from there um but even at at that time we were probably doing like when I took it in 2004 there was maybe 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 one a quarter maybe even a little bit less okay always at CrossFit Santa Cruz Mm -hmm. But then, shortly after, you know, so then those of us who took their level ones that also were clients there ended up becoming trainers there. Okay. And that was kind of that um, generation of myself, Annie, Eva, mm-hmm. um, Brendan, uh, uh, Rob Miller. Okay. You know, you'll see wow. all of them from the older mm-hmm. the older videos. Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us were kind of that generation that went through our level ones right around that time. Started training people at CrossFit Santa Cruz Mm -hmm. um, and really the way we developed was we sort of did a very informal internship process where I just remember shadowing a ton of classes Mm -hmm. run by Greg and Lauren and that was one of the ways that I learned the most really um, and then in addition to that we we offered like a certain period of time of just training people for free. And mm-hmm. that was kind of how we built a, an initial client base. Okay. Um, and you know, and you just start bringing friends and family in then, which mm-hmm. is really cool because then they sort of start to benefit mm-hmm. from it. Um, so I started that way. And I think I was still, up until the point I started training people, I was still determined to go to art school. Okay. The first time I trained somebody And I was like, okay. I like this. Like when I trained somebody on my own, I remember it was my first one-on-one client. Uh And she was just amazing. Like I think gave me an incredible gift, just Mm -hmm. her response to it. But it was, it was just like, wow, this is, this is pretty incredible, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that was what hooked me. And then, it it like was almost just like this light bulb went off in my head, and then more and more, I just started seeing the impact that it was possible to have on people's lives mm-hmm. through this
2: mm-hmm.
0: fitness thing, which I just never thought. Yeah, you know, fit the fitness industry was really, I think, before CrossFit. I mean, there were, were probably pockets that were different. Mm-hmm. I just never and frankly never had a very super high opinion of it okay i mean i i appreciate and respect the discipline that goes into anything like that Mm -hmm. but as an industry because it was always based so much on it felt to me like the aesthetic of it Mm -hmm. you know if you're just going to the gym and working out and that's all you're doing day in and day out Mm -hmm. it's not going to any other sport or any other place right historically for me it had always been a thing revolving around vanity Mm -hmm. and just kind of looking a certain way right um which is which is fine and legitimate it just didn't do a lot for me Mm -hmm. and then crossfit really it was like wow this is this is impacting people on levels that have nothing to do with how they look Mm -hmm. i mean that's a nice side benefit but the benefits that i saw happen to people over time blew my mind
1: Mm -hmm. you know completely life-changing
0: yeah um like and it was like you didn't have to use any words or do any therapy or talk about anything and you just saw people get stronger uh, more confident Mm -hmm. you know and and i think particularly it had that impact on me um and as a woman i thought like it it had a significant impact on me in mm-hmm. that sense. Mm-hmm. I think I was much more timid, much less confident and and I just saw that happen to so many women mm-hmm. um, and I was like, yeah, this is to be part of this to be 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 some part of facilitating this or able to give this to somebody else just it was like lightning strike, mm-hmm. and I got more and more into that. And then the other stuff kind of just fell by the wayside because I was just so interested in pursuing that. Mm -hmm. And then um, also in in terms of then starting to teach at the seminars, go on the road and do the military seminars, Mm -hmm. uh, which were the first like traveling seminars that we did. Okay, All that stuff was just really, really um, interesting and exciting. And, you know, it, it just... The interesting thing about art mm-hmm. is it's very you know it's it it's an interesting thing. I think I think in some ways to be really good at it you have to be really really self-focused. Mm-hmm. Um and you know really like in an authentic way. Uh and then you have to spend years and years I think developing just like anything. Right. Any um, skill before you really feel like you're impacting the world in a positive way up until that point you're just kind of making cool stuff (laughs) hopefully (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, or not Um, and I think this really struck me because I yoga was a little bit like this too for me where you you just it it was just such this directly like whoa you you're just so directly giving Mm -hmm. and and selfishly receiving something back that's like holy cow like this is Wow! Like I can be part of this, and it was incredibly energizing, and so I just got sucked mm-hmm. in, and and then the the place that the business was at at that time was also like a little bit right place, right time, mm-hmm. and I think I think on some level, right fit, whether mm-hmm. I knew it or not, you know, it it was something that that fit a lot of just things that were natural in me, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it just really. It grew from there. uh, It's amazing. What do
1: you think was different about... Because you said you had been teaching yoga for many years. So what do you think it is? Or even that differentiates, like you said, CrossFit from other types of fitness, like a boot camp class or like yoga class or anything else that people might do, even in a group environment. But still, CrossFit is has this unique magic about it what mm-hmm. do you it's hard to put your finger around it can you even it, try it to really explain is, what it I've is
0: thought about it a lot and yeah. I had a really hard time articulating it and I don't really I don't know I've thought about a lot of different things I've thought like you know any group class I'd been in in the past it was very much like you're following along mm-hmm. or you're all doing the same thing you're mm-hmm. facing and I've used this line before because it's the closest thing that I could come to but it's like you're facing mirrors mm-hmm. you know or you're facing the instructor or you're but you're not facing each other you're not like okay and there's I think no interaction, there's something really. in a CrossFit class where okay just workout gets written on the board there's a period of instruction etc cetera, etc cetera, and then you're all doing the work together mm-hmm. um, but you're not you're not in sync you're not it's like everybody's I think there's something to that, Mm -hmm. like that you're just, you're doing your own work. Right. I mean, obviously there's different types of classes, but, and I think, you know, I've said we don't face mirrors, we face each other. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that that's really what the magic is. And I, like, why? I don't know. I think it just, just culturally from the beginning, that was the standard that was set. And I like to think that we've, very, very intentionally tried to hold on to that and mm-hmm. transmit it, uh, especially through the level ones. Mm-hmm. That's a huge part of of what we do. Um, it's a huge part of who we hire mm-hmm. to work them. Um, and I think it's it's just that it's those people who they get it, they love it, and they're committed to preserving it. Mm-hmm. And you know that that level one is people come that's everyone's introduction to crossfit or Mm -hmm. everyone who's going to go out and train anybody or you know try to convey the message to anybody and i and that that's one of the if not the primary thing like even in terms of education that we Mm -hmm. that we want to show and exemplify is just that that magic Mm -hmm. and community camaraderie you know shared suffering right there's like so many right so many things but or
1: maybe like you mentioned with the pull up maybe it's the fact that we really do take on such challenging physical tasks beyond what you might do in other types of classes and there's something about how you have to grow as a human being yep. to do that.
0: Yep. That For brings sure. people together.
1: Yes. But it's just it's so interesting because I have a hard time really hard time articulating yeah. it as yeah, well. Yeah.
0: I know. I do too.
1: And uh, then you mentioned how you were kind of in the right place right time right fit as you started then working mm-hmm. in the seminars, but what do you think were some of the qualities about you or the the things that made you the right person for the job to then end up ultimately leading the seminar department? Hmm.
0: I don't know. Or I don't that want have helped you be me. successful. <laughs> here's what I, here's what, the only thing that I'll say is that um, I just, I just care mm-hmm. a lot. And I, I think I think that I saw so much good Mm -hmm. in what was being done and what could be done. And like I said, I, I don't think, yeah, I just, it, it was really, really important to me to convey that, Mm -hmm. um, to help grow it when that was within my purview Mm -hmm. and, um, and at this point, to continue to grow it, but also to, like we're talking about, to continue to preserve the things about it that make it so incredibly mm-hmm. unique and powerful and impactful and good good mm-hmm. for the world mm-hmm. and, and not, in some ways, protect it, you know, and not right. let it um, make sure that that core story continues to be told. And, you know, that's the one danger of growth mm-hmm. is that lots of other people then start telling stories about it because they love it and they're enthusiastic about mm-hmm. it and interested in it but you always want to make sure that you have that from the horse's mouth the right right the right the authentic right. yeah real yes. yes yeah
1: which is so i i love how you said that because you care a lot because i think that's so much about that culture that's transmitted at the level one and everywhere else that it's always about if you're a coach if as long as you care about your clients you're going to do right by them yeah that like that yeah. being the most important
0: thing yeah I'll never forget that. that it was recent too or w- at least within the last couple of years and someone asked um Greg was doing a Q&A at a level one and one of the participants asked what's the most important thing mm-hmm. you know that you can I don't know if they said learn or do or know as a trainer mm-hmm. and he just said care care and care everything else you can learn mm-hmm. and it's really true so true yeah I love yeah. that so then, how did your
1: role evolve as you started working with the seminars, go, taking them on the road? How did your role and the level one evolve? Because obviously, it's evolved a lot over the years oh too. Yeah, the
0: level <laughs> one's evolved. I mean, I, you could, I wrote a whole article on how it evolved. <laughs> you know, but it had it initially. Uh, I was my very first role was a demo athlete. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, I think it was a. Uh, Annie too and Eva, where you know, even though we were small females, if you've been doing CrossFit for a year, mm-hmm. pretty much anybody that you come in contact with um, who hasn't been doing CrossFit, you know, you're you're probably gonna do better than them on a CrossFit workout, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, okay we had good coaches too mm-hmm. and, <laughs> that and we were really into it and so we were you know we were we were yeah that was what we that was what we did we and like so you know the the first I always say like my first job was beat the boys that was <laughs> yeah. my first my first job at seminars always what a fun job <laughs> And uh, it was kind of fun it was a little nerve-wracking yeah. um but it was fun and uh and then what were was there any funny reactions to that or how do people usually react there's just exactly how uh i think was the desired response was like wow i just because we would do especially in the beginning a lot of the people that would come to seminars were pretty heavy hitters mm-hmm. they were from law enforcement military communities mm-hmm. you know they 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 it it initially really attracted um what a lot of what i've heard to refer to as like tip of the spear communities mm-hmm. right and so I think coming in and, you know, Greg used to say stuff only like he can, like, you know, a Navy SEAL getting beat by the five foot two pottery teacher from <laughs> the hippie high school up in the Santa Cruz mountains has an impact. And it, it exactly did. You would hear people just say things like that. but And, you know, the beautiful thing, too, always was like, uh, and, and again, this is just this was just the culture. Mm-hmm. And yet it was super warm, super friendly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was like you'd have that reaction where you'd get your ass kicked as this kind of macho guy, which yeah. could go in a bad direction. But because of the rest of the environment and how supportive it was and like and just I think the prospect of holy cow, like imagine if I did this mm-hmm. what what I could mm-hmm. you know, what I could be capable of. You know, I think all of that it just it just had such this incredible like positive vibe and energy about it at mm-hmm. that time. So, so that so was my cool. first job. <laughs> okay. And then I was an instructor and then as it grew... It, it became the level one got to a point where it, it wasn't enough necessarily because you'd, we'd created trainers that then would go out and train mm-hmm. and they wanted to come back for more training. Okay. So this was pre 2008. I'm a little bad with dates. That's okay. why I write stuff down <laughs> um, <laughs> somewhere around there and I'm getting older. So I just don't, oh, come a few on. years ago, 2008. Um, and pre that. So pre the level two, People wanted to, and so we would do this thing in the level one where there was the core instructors who at the time at CrossFit Santa Cruz, it was like also those core trainers, myself, Mm -hmm. Annie, Brendan, Tony. Um, And at this point too, I forget, I think Dave got involved pretty early, like in 2005, um, more for the military stuff and Mm -hmm. the traveling stuff, uh, but then he was also kind of in that mix. And we would uh, coordinate all of those trainers coming back. So there was like, the level ones were these interesting levels where if you came back the second time, it was your level two. If you were back a third time, it was your level three. And we would try to coordinate. At first, it was just sort of like you're there observing. And then over time, we tried to coordinate it more and more and kind of structure it where every different level was getting a little something different all at one seminar, which really got very, very challenging. I can imagine. Yeah. And it started (laughs) to feel like, Hey, kind of nobody's getting as much as they need. Mm -hmm. I think we should create another level, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that was where the level two was born where, and really like, it's really the same in terms of, uh, kind of goal as it is now where you're, you're refining your your mm-hmm. training skills you know the level one is an introduction and then you come back and you you really refine mm-hmm. um, and further develop your just specifically your training skills mm-hmm. and I think my role somewhere in there became very um, me and Annie would really we would always we would be the ones who were coordinating that other level okay. of trainer and um, and just so then, then when we traveled, we would have pre-meetings and and then you know it just I don't know it, it just kind of how did it happen you know it, I just kept doing what I was doing mm-hmm. you know what I <laughs> doing mean doing a good job yeah. and trying to yeah meet and the then, needs and then I think yeah and then I was um and then I was the one who would travel a lot and then Dave would travel and then more and more we just started standardizing. Everything, mm-hmm. but the probably the biggest shift happened when Greg decided he was coming off the road. Okay, and basically said to Dave and I, "Here you go, and don't fuck it up." <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, and you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and so we we uh, we just realized really quickly that how fast it was growing. Mm-hmm. And initially we relied on um some longtime members of the community who'd been around Greg a lot mm-hmm. as the primary instructors. Mm-hmm. But then it was just growing so fast that it was like, okay, we need to standardize this stuff. We mm-hmm. need to train people. We needed you know, and we just and I think really that was how the the position was born and developed. It mm-hmm. always I think probably, I've never worked for another startup, but but a lot of what I hear is that that's very true to form in terms mm-hmm. of the startup where you're just, it's all very organic and people's roles, you know, there's a core group of people. I mean, I just saw that letter from an affiliate from 10 years, they're like, "Hey, I 10 saw that. years. And I was like, oh, from, that letter's from me. From Cleveland, how <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, I know, Stacy and Bella Russell. Yeah. And right down the street I from totally, me. I totally, yeah, I so remember. Cool. I mean, it, it yeah, and and I was like, wow, that's right. And I mean, it's not that I didn't remember, but right. there was a time where I was the affiliate director and the training director. Mm-hmm. And it was small enough where that was possible. Mm-hmm. And then I even remember the point where it just got to be too big for that. And it mm-hmm. was like, you know, okay, we need you to focus here and then we need affiliate director. And mm-hmm. we now, like, now we're having departments be born. And, right. you know, just that, that kind of organic organic growth and and structure and things like that so and then yeah from there we just grew uh we grew the level one team we just grew grew a stellar team and had added the level two and continued continued to refine and develop and accreditation Mm -hmm. and the whole
1: I want to ask you about accreditation because that's a big part of because what you it's do so and it's <laughs> such a non-glamorous part of I think the seminar but it's so important. Yeah. So can you talk about like why it's so important but then also what motivates you to do that because it's I'm sure very frustrating or tedious at times.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yes, the motivation okay. It's it's an interesting level of significance because I, he, here's where accreditation is cool and here's where ANSI is cool. Mm-hmm. There's kind of this third party review of your processes and, um, that you're really doing what you say you're doing, mm-hmm. that, um, you're operating with transparency, you know, you're, there, there's not a conflict of interests or favoritism or, you know, and that you're, your policies are in line with your stated goals and all kinds of things like that it's very um it's very policy oriented so accreditation isn't necessarily saying there's not a board of fitness specialists sitting around saying cross okay crossfit's teaching the squat the right way Mm -hmm. um it's not really like that you you essentially your content is your content and you're you're developing it Mm -hmm. but the rest of it where um, in terms of, you know, having a pathway for appeals or complaints, it's a very, uh, very policy-oriented okay. type of thing. But it's, it's almost like um, I think of it in terms of like organic or grass-fed. That's okay. probably the best way to describe it. Where, if you if you wanted to take the time to look into grass, this is labeled grass-fed by mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and you wanted to see, like, well, what does that mean? That I'm assured of, right? You know, you could look that up, and you could find, okay, it means the cows were whatever, whatever for mm-hmm. however long, and on the grass, and then this and that. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I can be assured as much as you can be assured by anything like that. That that this is, you know, what it says it is. Okay. And I think accreditation offers that, and I think, I think in in the f- fitness industry and in any industry that there is um there's a validity that that offers mm-hmm. crossfit um and it makes us better i mean it it in terms of testing so i i've always been like uh, my my way of thinking and i think our company's way of thinking is we want to be the best um we don't really you know we don't need anybody else to tell us we're the best Mm -hmm. I always felt really strongly we don't need anybody else to drive us doing things to the highest quality Mm -hmm. but but I do think accreditation what I really like about it let less in terms I appreciate I appreciate the um, it offers a validity from kind of outside the CrossFit community Mm -hmm. there's a lot of looking at that and saying okay this is this is more legitimate because it's accredited. Okay. Personally, I don't feel like we need that to be legitimate or of the highest quality. You're still going to do what you do. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to do it the best you can. But what I do like is that there were, there were lots of processes in terms of, in terms of testing, especially, mm-hmm. um, and the rigor that goes into creating a really good exam,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that, that made us better. And I, I really appreciate that. And, and, we and ANSI especially focuses a lot in that arena in mm-hmm. terms of the quality of your exam, the alignment of your exam, statistical analysis, refreshing your exam based on statistics, mm-hmm. making making sure that your exams are performing well mm-hmm. um, and that that for me is really significant and i I think I always like the things that are significant for the community and I think all the policy stuff is also very very cool and you know you, you end up getting a lot of um, bureaucratic ducks in a row mm-hmm. and, um, and that's good. Mm-hmm. you know uh, but I think, but I think anything that lends itself to the quality that impacts the people who come through our stuff, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And so I really for the level one and the CCFT, that's probably the thing that I appreciate most um, about accreditation. On the exam. Well, we all appreciate all the work you do on it, because I imagine it is a lot of work. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's a lot of work, but it's good. And ANSI is, I think we're the only fitness uh, organization accredited by ANSI. Mm-hmm. And ANSI is definitely. I mean, once you go through it, you're like, okay, I understand, understand why. why it's so <laughs> so challenging. Yeah, because it's it's really um, they do on site audits. So like yeah. our last audit for the level one the auditors they, they come on site and they hang out and they're again they're not necessarily you're teaching this wrong right but they're just looking at really in a lot of ways are you doing what you say you're doing mm-hmm. is all of this stuff that you have documented actually put into practice mm-hmm. and i think that's cool i think there is an assurance there for the public that's really cool but mm-hmm. it but the ncca doesn't do that it's all paper audit um, and ANSI's also has a, kind of a reciprocity with different international, like they're the only representative of ISO, which is okay. an international standards organization. Um, and ANSI itself is subject to third party review, wow. where NCCA is not. They're very uh, just kind of within themselves okay. and they're U.S. based. And so... And ANSI is used in a lot of other in- like really yeah. high quality uh, industries as well. A lot of, a lot of government uh, or you know mm-hmm. branches of government will use ANSI engineers. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because outside of fitness, ANSI is incredibly well known mm-hmm. and very very reputable. Inside fitness, ANSI is like <laughs> the black sheep. And I'm like,
1: wait a minute. <laughs> it's a
0: new th- a new industry for them. <laughs> yeah, it is. We were the we were they were they actually did a um, they did a little um publicity piece on it because we were the first fitness oh, wow. um, organization that they had, they had accredited. So very interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, you've
1: mentioned a couple times Annie and Eva, and I have to just bring up nasty girls yes. just because that is how so many people found CrossFit and kind of, kind of the same story you told about the pull-up where they were, they saw you guys doing muscle-ups yeah. and that for them was the hook to yeah. say, okay, if these girls can do muscle-ups, there must be something here that I need to learn. Um, can you just talk about like that experience of what it's like w- when people come up to you or tell you that that video is what got them into CrossFit?
0: Yeah, it's, oh, that's interesting. I, it, It feels good. I mean, it's it's crazy because at the time, the video, like when that was over, immediately after, I felt horrible. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I suck. And so that just that, and I mean, even right after that, the community support for it, and like, I was just completely blown away. Mm-hmm. And and. Yeah, I think it. It just. I don't know. It kind of continues to blow me. First of all, it continues like <laughs> if people even know about the video, now, I'm like, wow, <laughs> how cool is how that? How are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it feels it feels really really good. Um, yeah, I feel like. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's hard to articulate, but I get a. The community. Um, Support on a personal level, like Mm -hmm. what the community has always given to me, is it amaze it continues to amaze me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like it, it does, it really, it really drives me, you know? So, hearing that or hearing, I don't know, just I just feel I I don't want to say obligated, but it it just, it's weird, it just deepens my commitment Mm -hmm. to. Um, everything that I do you know and wanting to just uh, just like live up to that yeah that responsibility and, and from, yeah and from what I have uh, from what I have a hand in mm-hmm. it, like making sure that it's always giving as much as we can to those people that are mm-hmm. um I don't know just I don't want to say relying on us is a weird way to put it but but um yeah, that that we that we can that we can impact that we can give to 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 do whatever they want to do with CrossFit in the world, mm-hmm. you know, better. So,
1: can you speak to? I mean, from that video, one of the things that was most impressive was that you had women doing muscle ups. But yeah. what else has impressed you about the women of CrossFit oh, since man. that time, or what we're most proud of from that perspective? They're
0: amazing. They're just. I don't even know. They're like I mean just look look at what they can do now. You know, it's incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think just in general it's like yeah, the CrossFit women are they are, they're kind of they're changing. I, don't know.
1: I mean, you see it everywhere now. I think I think women are so much more comfortable being strong and fit and confident and feeling like, yeah, that is who they are.
0: That's one of the coolest things is, yeah, is that, that role model, like quality, you know, that they, it's Mm -hmm. like, you see women like yourself, you, you know, women like just, just all, it's funny, like top athletes, but really any, any strong CrossFit woman, I think you know, it's super cool too. Like when you see like two little girls Mm -hmm. and that they want to be CrossFit athletes Mm -hmm. and they want to be strong and they want to be, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. It's, it's just,
1: well, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about your open tip videos Mm -hmm. and how, the large response you received was how do I get how do I get my arms to look like yours So there's women who want to have strong arms I know.
0: <laughs> which is a funny question yeah to me because I'm like I don't, <laughs> I don't have a secret arm program I just so do, yeah what what do you tell them what I is just your do just do crossfit yeah that's all <laughs> what is your what I don't is even your workout like, I'm, I don't even like I really don't even like accessory work yeah. it just reminds me of bodybuilding and so I'm like <laughs> I don't want to do that so it's funny I mean I never ever have with it's crazy with crossfit it's like other than sure like okay you might be like, hey, all right, I want to lose a certain amount of weight or whatever because mm-hmm. I want pull-ups to be easier for me. Or mm-hmm. my butt feels really heavy trying to <laughs> drag it up the rope, so maybe I need to, you know, <laughs> lean out a little bit. But, like, I've never thought of focusing on a body part right? and being like, I want to grow this or right? make this more muscular or, you know, and it it's so So it's it's weird for you yeah it's just kind of like I just do CrossFit seriously I'm not lying I don't don't, don't do anything
1: else (laughs) so what is your what does your training look like these days I know you're out at CrossFit Roots yeah
0: um I was so CrossFit Roots is really cool because they do the workout of the day okay so she um Nicole Christensen runs the gym on a two-week delay off of the main site Mm -hmm, so amazing yeah I really I've enjoyed that a lot um so for a lot of my for a lot of my time, it, it had been one workout a day, um, and that like main site. Mm-hmm. And um, now I did start. Um, they have a competitors class there. Oh, cool! And I started doing that, but it's uh, it, it's um, I travel so much, mm-hmm. like so much, and so it's very hard to stay stay consistent, consistent with, it. with it. So yeah. in some ways, I feel like I that. That class does a little bit more volume, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I like having the exposure to that um, just because uh, I just feel like it just makes me tougher, a little Mm -hmm. tougher. Mm -hmm. But probably on, I still average because of all the travel and I don't really, I'm not really able to just, I'm not able to spend that much time Mm -hmm. on it generally. Mm -hmm. So I really think I average out to still doing one workout a day. day. And I... And I'll use the main site quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I don't know. It works really well for me. So,
1: are you fitter now than when you started?
0: Uh, mm Um, that's a good question. I might be, oddly enough. (laughs) Uh, it's weird. It works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I still get PRs. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. recently did my best friend ever by like over a minute.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, there's just a And you've lot been of doing CrossFit for twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I probably am. Yeah. It's it's weird when you start getting older to say that, um, but it's probably true. But I mm-hmm. also I also didn't like I I've made I was most dedicated to working out mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. So I think that's also what feels weird to me because as my as my executive role grew or you know Mm -hmm. in CrossFit the working out part actually decreased a little Mm -hmm. bit just because I was so busy right um and and I think fundamentally just made a choice Mm -hmm. you know to to kind of do it that way and um and so I feel like there were some years and I've picked it up more recently where I started to just push a little harder there Mm -hmm. was there was definitely some years of just maintenance mode Mm -hmm. happening right and um You know, so I don't know, potentially Mm -hmm. I would have peaked a little earlier Mm -hmm. had I continued to push harder, but, but it doesn't matter. But that's, yeah, that's life. We are all going to have
1: ups and downs and when we can focus more on it and less. So that's really cool to see. How did, can you tell the story of how the workout Nicole came about?
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) um, that was, geez, who knows when that went on the site? But it was a lot of years ago and it came on the site without a name. It was like run 400 meters, mm-hmm. max pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And max like pull-ups is interesting. Max anything <laughs> is interesting, it's very right? very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just did it uh-huh. as prescribed. And I think we did it with a group or whatever. And I literally, every time I got on the pull-up bar maxed out mm-hmm. like went to failure we're like hanging on by fingers yes, yes. <laughs> every single time like there was wow. no hey maybe since I've got five or six rounds of this maybe I'll just <laughs> drop off one or two pull-ups <laughs> ahead of time yeah um so I just yeah I literally maxed out every single set until uh-huh. you know at the end you're doing like three and yeah. screaming pull-ups well <laughs> so okay it was what it was whatever my score was and I was so incredibly messed up from that workout. Really? I was so sore. But here was the scary part: when the soreness went away, I still had like no capacity to do a pull-up. Wow! It, like my my capacity to do a pull-up had gone away. That's
1: interesting because I feel like I've talked, I've heard the sim- a similar story from Pat Barber. I yeah. don't know if he was there when people, you when did I this. People, when I tell the
0: story, people yeah. have. Names for this (laughs) phenomenon and stuff, but at the The time, at the time, (laughs) I had no idea, and I was, and I had to. Okay, we were doing a we were doing a seminar for a SEAL team on Coronado. Wow, which was like a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, we were doing that during the week, and then we had a level one at CrossFit San Diego on the weekend. Okay, and my one of my jobs always at those seminars, especially Mm -hmm. the military ones, because it was smaller staff. Was to demo, mm-hmm. demo the muscle up, demo the pull up, do oh, the overhead wow. squat thing, yeah. right? Like that was all part of what I did. And I was like, freaking out yeah. because I still didn't have, I still couldn't do a pull up. Wow! And I remember I stayed with a friend and I was, and they had a pull up bar, like just like this in their backyard. And I was out there like at night <laughs> trying to do a pull up, like k- kicking and screaming, oh like my gosh. Not screaming, yeah. but like, you know, just trying to pull myself up and I was I had no idea what was wrong with me and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a I'm a girl without a pull-up again." You know, it had been a few <laughs> it's like year's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "Ah." <laughs> oh, and then and I I told Greg about it. I was uh-huh. like, "Hey, I I'm really messed up I think from this workout yeah. and I can't do a pull-up." And Greg was like he's like no it's in your head (laughs) and I'm like I don't think it's in your head like I really can't do it and he's like no it's totally in your head so then I would go back and like try Uh and I just couldn't do it and so we we got to that gig Uh and he had me try to do a muscle-up and try to do a pull-up and I couldn't do either one wow and he was just like okay get off the rings Dave go do a muscle up you know and it was just it happened really fast so it yeah. was like minimized some of the embarrassment but I was like so and he's frustrated. like no I'm like it's, it can't be in my head it's just a pull-up like I'm not freaked out yeah about doing a pull-up like you like, really want to do it I'm yeah like, and then fast forward a little bit we're at the gig at CrossFit San Diego mm-hmm. and there's something called if you're on the level one staff, you know like station rotation it's mm-hmm. like Groundhog Day where like people are going through all this stuff. And me and Greg are standing off to the side and one of the participants comes up to us and literally the first thing he said was, he's like, oh man, coach, that workout you guys posted like a couple weeks ago, the run 400 meters mm-hmm. max pull-ups, He's like that workout messed me up for weeks. <laughs> I still can't do a pull up, and I was like, I just looked at again. I was like, I was like, see, it's not in my head. <laughs> and he just was like, he's like, fine, we'll name it after you. <laughs> wow,
1: that's amazing. <laughs> I <was> like,
0: yes, <laughs> Indication, but literally, so it's funny because at Roots, David, David Tittle was like, oh, we should, you should do the workout, Nicole, again. Yeah. But I had not done it whatever Since year that, that was wow that was the last time I had I wouldn't do that workout cardio, yeah then it came up <laughs> and then finally I was like okay I'll I'll do it again and it still made me incredibly sore but yeah. I just I won't do it the way that I did it <laughs> that first time where you're just maxing out right. every single set wow like, that was not so yeah that's how that was
1: that's too funny. I didn't. I haven't heard that story before. So <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. So you're out in Boulder now. Uh-huh. Do you have? I know you travel a lot, but do you have like a day to day or a perfect? If you could create like your perfect day and when you're at home, how yeah. things would go?
0: Um. Yeah. I think. Uh, wake up. I love my. Coffee machine mm-hmm. my epic coffee machine make a cup of coffee um just kind of uh I like to ideally I don't always get to do it, but ideally just take some time in the morning mm-hmm. whether it's just kind of just focus on bigger picture stuff mm-hmm. for myself goals and and then um maybe just read a little bit mm-hmm. of of um whatever's on the table mm-hmm. uh and then. And then it depends. I love. Uh, I do love going to class, working out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so going down to class and then coming back and working, or um, if not, then just kind of digging into work and going to class later in the day. But mm-hmm. but I like going into class in the morning. Um, I like that too. I wish I could do it, it more. It just doesn't always work out that yeah. way. Sometimes I just have to start digging in mm-hmm. to some work stuff a little earlier mm-hmm. in the day. So,
1: and I saw. Recently, you've been starting to do a little more pottery,
0: sort of like, a little bit,
1: <laughs> dabbling,
0: yeah, <laughs> dabbling a little. Um, well, that's the nice thing about being where I am now is that we have uh, I have a space for it, mm-hmm. and Tosh has been awesome. Where he's like, kind of made it really nice. And oh, cool! Everything is like okay. All you need to do now is use it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so, trying to carve out a little bit of time for that. I do. I do really like. Um, I think if if I could try to discipline—it's—it's it's weird to say discipline myself to mm-hmm. it—but but kind of just say, hey, okay, I'm stopping work now, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to take this hour or this two my hours time, yeah. and just do this. And I think as you know, getting older, like realizing I can do that, and the world's not going to fall apart, mm-hmm. or you know, it's it's. But I tend to get very I think that's something that I, I struggle with a lot is just kind of balance and mm-hmm. taking care of myself. And mm-hmm. I mean, working out, that's one, I think, I think that's one really great thing about working out is mm-hmm. that it forces me to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's because I've been doing it so long now, it's nice and habituated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that part, but I think some of the other stuff of just, You know, like it's like recognizing, okay, there's a reason that I really wanted to do all that stuff because it still actually feeds me in some way, even Mm -hmm. if it's not what I do for Mm -hmm. a living. Um, And trying to bring a little more of that back in, that's kind of a that's a goal Mm -hmm. for sure. So I'm working on it. That's cool. That's cool
1: to see. I think, and it's so hard when you love what you do and you're so yeah. you know wrapped up in it and there's always obviously more work oh, yeah. to do so it does seem at times I think selfish to try to work on something that's just for you but it's so important it is I see that my my husband now has he was always really into music and then once he started going to school like in college he just he decided not to study music in college and just cut it out of his life like he won't even sing at church anymore he's like i if i can't do it i'm not doing it at all yeah and he's been starting to dabble in it a little bit more and it's been cool to see him do something just for the pure joy of it and yeah. for the pure pure fun of it yeah so that's cool
0: it's it's interesting because i think yeah like i think for a lot of years i was like that where it's like i'm right like I'm I'm not going to be good at it right you know because I'm I haven't been doing it enough yeah but but then coming to realize well it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know it just is something that feeds you yeah in, in some way that has a it it has benefits mm-hmm. like it 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 does it bleeds into all the other things you do I think and it kind of indirectly feeds those mm-hmm. things in a good way even if it feels like it's not related at all right right, right.
1: Yeah. Do you still do any
0: yoga? Every so often. Um, funny thing about yoga for hmm. me is that um, Mount Madonna is really a very very cool yoga school, and I think I learned for for me it was a lot about um, like learning about service. Okay. And kind of uh, meditation was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. So that stuff I still I still feel like some of the values there that were really practiced Mm -hmm. um I still in on that like we it's like we think of yoga a lot as asana or postures Mm -hmm. you know like go to a yoga class and yoga classes are awesome Mm -hmm. um but there's so much more to yoga that impacted me Mm -hmm. um and I think I think the meditation piece is really the piece that is and was most significant for me the um the is help with mm-hmm. that. And that was always like at Mount Madonna, that was kind of what we learned is that you, all those are for are to help you kind of make the body um, kind of re- like support the meditation practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're using that to calm the mind and make the body kind of flexible right. enough and sort of supple enough where you could just sit and mm-hmm. meditate mm-hmm. and calm the mind and reap the benefits of that. And so I don't really, uh, I do some yoga classes. I'm really super picky about yoga. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'll tend to just kind of do it on my own or, um, or just, because I have to streamline it a lot, uh, <laughs> just do the meditation part. Right. Yeah.
1: So do you have a regular meditation practice then?
0: As regular as I can get. Yeah. Yeah, with things. Short, but but yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely for me personally it's one of the most powerful mm-hmm. tools what do you think it helps and, uh, you with most and working out yeah and working out well
1: it's interesting because I think CrossFit can be a type of meditation mm-hmm. just because it is like you have to be so in the moment when you're in the middle of a workout you yep. can't be thinking about anything else no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you really don't have room for that <laughs> like a you lot, know, and I find it almost more so it's not as maybe calming or peaceful but in yoga class, it's very easy for me to let my mind wander. But Mm -hmm. if you're in the middle of a workout, you're not thinking about like the million things you have to do later that day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It is a kind of a break in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, For sure.
1: Very interesting. Um, what would you tell, or what do you tell someone if you meet someone now that's maybe intimidated by CrossFit or wants to get started or is just starting out, what would you tell them today? And is that different from what you would have told them 10 years ago?
0: I don't think so i th- what would i say i would i would just it might be a little different well I would say it, it, it's for anyone mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not um really there's nothing to be intimidated by the the thing that I will say now when I talk to people is uh to go to an affiliate mm-hmm um, and and I will say, there's two things that I'll say, I'll tell them. I'll say, look for an affiliate um, that offers foundations classes, mm-hmm. or, or ways of getting started mm-hmm. besides you just walking into a regular class. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't think that that can be done, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's really really challenging. And that you're if if that's what's happening, you're banking on a really 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 good coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's a better bet to just look for some on-ramp mm-hmm. type of program for an affiliate. And then the other thing I will say is also look at an affiliate that has the highest level trainers. Mm-hmm.
1: That's such a great asset now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, and, and again, I, I don't think it's that you need credentials to be a great trainer mm-hmm. at all. I don't think you need credentials to be a great anything. Mm-hmm. Well, most anything. <laughs> and, but I think... Um, I think in the absence of any other information, you know, somebody might say, oh man, Julie, I know she only has her level one, but she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if, if my friend that I trust and is having great results is mm-hmm. gonna say that about somebody, absolutely, you're gonna go to them. Right. Hands down. But in the absence of any other information, if it's just somebody in the world, it's like, yeah, look for look for the highest level of trainer because at least you know that there's that that amount of, commitment and education mm-hmm. that they've received and pursued, mm-hmm. you know, that, that there's, I think it's, I do, I think it's an expression of, of caring and seriousness mm-hmm. about, um, about your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, not the only one, but again, when there's no other information, it's, it's a good place to a start. It's a good place to start. Absolutely. So really that's, that's what I tell people. And I say, Hey, you, you know, otherwise it's like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no Nothing stopping you. We can scale it, mm-hmm. scale it down for anyone. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah.
1: Okay, I want to finish with three questions I ask everyone. Oh, man, you ca- we pretty much have already answered them. Uh. I feel like so. First one is three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health.
0: Okay. Oh, I would say <laughs> working out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for sure. Um, eating well. And, and I would say meditating and playing with my puppies are tied. That's They're tied. That's, that's, and fair enough. I, uh, yeah. I my like dogs those. dogs are a huge, <laughs> huge happy. Dogs and that. family. Tosh yeah. too. <laughs> He's okay I too. I like playing with Tosh
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> He's maybe not as cute as the dogs. But no, just kidding. Just kidding, Tosh. <laughs> he definitely keeps me healthy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And do you have, um, do you follow a certain, regimen as far as nutrition at the no, moment
0: i don't well well yes i, I like regimen but i don't um like i don't i'll go in and out of weighing and measuring okay but i'll do um really i kind of just do the meats and vegetables That's yeah, you know like and it's it's kind of like as long as i'm staying away from for me personally staying away from um kinda of grains and stuff mm-hmm. like that, as much as possible, bread mm-hmm. bread products, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then uh just sugar. Mm-hmm. That's kind of for me that's the most livable thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I you know, if if I ever am like, okay, I'm gonna die like I said, like if it's ever like oh my butt feels really heavy doing right. the pull ups <laughs> or going up the rope or or if it's like really making a push or like, I like doing the food challenges and things yes. like that sometimes. So then really like dialing it in. Mm-hmm. I would say every year there's probably a period of like really dialing mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's good to know that you have that to go to when you,
0: yeah, but otherwise you I to. keep it pretty, you know, well, I guess what people call clean. Yeah. You know,
1: fair enough. Is there one thing that you're working on or that you think would have an impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it?
0: Yeah. What we talked about in, uh, Uh, Like time off. Mm, Yeah. And, or just time, time doing uh, just some other things that Mm -hmm. I enjoy. Yeah. Versus working and keeping myself healthy. Right.
1: Are there (laughs) other, what are your other favorite things to do non CrossFit related? Hmm. Anything else that we haven't talked about?
0: Well, the art stuff Mm -hmm. I like doing. I actually really enjoy, um, it's like, just being in nature mm-hmm. i enjoy just hiking and i'm not like i always i feel like a disappointment to the boulder community <laughs> because a lot of times they'll be like do you rock climb and no <laughs> do you do you mountain bike no <laughs> do you i'm like i don't do anything but i really like hanging being out in outside nature. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i like walking around out there yeah I like sitting by the river um i think i'm with you on that one <laughs> Yeah, I just, I like, I like that. And I, I really like, yeah, I I do. I like, I just like spending time outside. Mm-hmm. I like spending, I like spending time outside with Tosh, but not like he's like, <laughs> not awake. like he likes spending he's like time. Awake awake. Outside. <laughs> but, but he tones it down for me. And like when we just hang out and yeah. go out with the dogs and do stuff, it's really, that's awesome. It's just really nice. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: Hmm. Uh, I think a healthy life I think the f- I think the foundation of a healthy life is is physical health mm-hmm. um, of course I guess it makes sense that I would say that <laughs> you know I, but I do I think it's like if I had to create the pyramid it would be the base of the pyramid because you're taking care of yourself you know mm-hmm. and it, y- then your body can serve the rest of your life well Mm -hmm. and and um
1: and I think that supports your mental health too like there's so much you know about your body being in shape and the exercise that feeds your mind as well
0: yeah absolutely yeah I think it's possible that I would be a nightmare to myself (laughs) if I didn't if I didn't stay healthy uh, physically so yeah I think that and then I think you know just doing yeah doing doing what you really love doing Mm -hmm. um for work And then, um, yeah, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really, I think it looks a little different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think that's kind of what it is, just the foundation of it being physical health and then doing what I love, um, being around um, positive people mm-hmm. and doing something uh, to contribute, you know, mm-hmm. to the world and to things that I believe that are good for the world um and good for the people around me Mm -hmm. um, who i care about and so i don't know i think kind it's kind of simple in a way
1: it is yeah but you articulated it very well (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for sitting down with me this has been super fun cool and yeah we'll have to do it again at some point (laughs) yeah good thank you Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I've always looked up to Nicole as such a strong female role model in CrossFit, not only for her physical ability, but for her leadership and her steadfastness in preserving CrossFit's core culture. I want to know, who's another female that you look up to? Tell me more about her in the comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, where you can subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at i I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.